When I was 16 years old, I had a business teacher called Mr. Barr. Now, I don't think he's listening, but just in case you are, sir, I just want to say hello, and again, I'm really sorry for constantly checking my phone when I was in your class. I did listen sometimes, though. There was one acronym which has stood in my head over the last number of years, and that is that my plans needed to be SMART. For those of you who haven't heard the acronym before, that means that your plans need to be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-sensitive. But Mr. Barr was a smart man, and he added an extra letter. He used to always call them F-smart. That meant that, on top of everything else, your plans had to be flexible, which meant you had to be flexible. Today's guest, I think, is a perfect example of having that flexible, open-minded approach to when you leave your degree. As you're about to hear, her career path was two steps forward, one step back, a step to the side. Her name is Sonia Strub, and I'm going to let her tell her own story. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Sonia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kian. It's great to be here. So to begin with, I thought we'd top and tail this. Can you tell us what you studied originally and what you're working in now? Sure. So I studied sports rehabilitation and athletic therapy, which basically is the rehabilitation of postural problems or sports injuries or any kind of muscular imbalances. Um, So I studied that and spent three years working within that field. And then I took up a role within uh, software sales. And that is where I am today, pretty much for the last two years now. Um, So that's it. After you finish your course, can you talk us through your initial thought process as you try to work out your next step so after I finished that degree because I had found the the four years of study fairly intense it was a full-time course and I just felt by the end of it after the final exams I was just exhausted so I actually took a few months and I worked um within the service industry just working full-time um and catching my breath really after um the four years and as I guess that was over the course of the summer um, and towards the end of that summer then I decided to set up um, a small sports injury clinic within a gym and continue to run that then for about uh, I think just under three years that was at the end of those three years that's when I decided I no longer wanted to work in that field. So what was the turning point where you decided you know what I've taken this as far as I can take it I'm gonna start looking for other opportunities in other areas now? Yeah so there was I think there was a few different factors um I think towards the end of those three years um I think partly it was me struggling to to balance the stress that I was experiencing within work um and struggling to balance my work-life balance um so I actually I suppose a few months before I finished up completely I decided to reduce my hours as I tried to like implement less working hours it it still wasn't working for me and I just wasn't able to maintain my own like physical and mental health as well as I I knew it could be and I just decided I'm actually very young to be running a business um that was my own my own personal thoughts around it I was at a stage where I could either have expanded um and you know perhaps hired someone in um into the clinic as well to help me with the workload pause for a minute again catch my breath 
um, and have a think about, you know, where I do want to take this in a, in a like sustainable or a long-term manner. Um, and when I did explore the idea of taking someone on or hiring someone, I realized that actually that would involve me stepping away from the actual physical hands-on treating people and taking on a leadership role of, you know, managing a business and managing an employee. And I realized, hang on a minute. And so I thought, no, option two, let's pause. Let's, you know, reassess the situation, take a few steps back, you know, deal with, you know, physical and mental health and just put myself first for a few minutes and then like pretty much take a few steps back, wait, see what happens in order to be able to take a more sustainable step forward. And so what I decided, obviously, like finances are always going to play a factor here. So I actually stepped back into the service industry then. Um, I think for it was exact, pretty much exactly a year, I think, where I made sure that the job I was working was not a stressful job and, you know, not a not a draining job. Naturally, it's always going to be tough working in the service industry. And so that is, I suppose, the space that I created for myself. I think with that came, first of all, like I, there was a lot of things that I found that actually kind of came up for me when I did take that step out of sports rehab and away from, you know, an industry that I did love at the time and um, a job that I did enjoy doing. I think the main thing that first came up for me was our being or our, our own perception of ourselves is tied to the work that we do. I suppose it goes back to how commonly, you know, if you're introduced to someone or if someone's introduced to you, you know, there's often a question of like, oh, you know, who are you? What do you do? Kind of a thing. And I realized that I I was very closely connected with the work that I do, you know, and I was like, no, no, hang on. I need to step back and I need to find out who Sonia is, figure out who I am. So that was an interesting journey, I think. Yeah, it was just it was it was just an, an interesting observation. And then obviously you have to go figure that out, which is not always easy. You know, going back to to being open to, first of all, like being open to accepting the fact that I needed to take a minute. I was able to give myself that space over the course of that year to figure out my next step. Sonia, what I, what I like about that particularly is the fact that I think you've touched on something which is not talked about enough when it comes to kind of career development or, you know, people striving to have a, a career of any shape or form. And that is the fact that when you start going down a particular path, very often your work becomes part of a sort of social identity. It's how, you know, as you said, it's one of the first things you often say to people when you when you meet them. And people don't talk about that enough. And if you're moving from one path to the other, I think that's where a lot of the stress comes in. Because if you spend three or four years studying one thing and then you decide, oh, I'm actually going to go in a different direction, not only are you giving up the, you know, mentally you're giving up the kind of the work that you plan to do in the future, but you're also giving up that identity, that 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 thing that you know about. And you have to find another subject, another area, which which can be really stressful. So for you, how did you work through that transition mentally besides obviously taking a step back from the work that wasn't making you happy uh that's a good question um i think it was just the realization that i had that i had let you know that i had let my work take over take over my life um and that i just didn't like that i just thought no hang on a minute there's a lot more to me than the job i do and the people i help essentially i think like like what I did think about was why, like why it's such a big part of our identity. And as you mentioned, like our social identity. Um, and I think what um, 
what struck me a lot was when I was, you know, sharing with um, people that I had, you know, closed up the clinic, I finished up, first of all, they're like, oh, you know, surely the business went downhill. And I was like, actually, no, I actually decided I needed to pause and catch my breath, you know. And the, the amount of people that, like, expressed just different things that kind of like it was a very brave thing to do or oh my goodness aren't you afraid or you know all of this and I realized that like well to me it seemed that a lot of people have a fear around stepping away from you know what is their work and what is the thing they studied or the thing they decided is going to be you know the path they're going down I think that's what kind of struck me the most about that process sounds like there's a lot of people that like aren't stopping to think about what what they actually want and what they what makes them happy outside of you know work and all of that yeah so I think that kind of helped me because it made me realize that I had fears inside of me about it you know and I think that helped me then explore that a little bit and even just be like it's okay like it's okay to be fearful you just have to trust you just have to trust your own gut gut instinct and your own thoughts i guess do you know it's really interesting isn't it because there is almost a an assumption that once you get your degree that you're somehow qualified for want of a better word to know what you want to do next when really the only thing you're qualified in is whatever subject you have studied and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a path to follow going forward and for you it's even more interesting because you were self-aware of that when you when you took it as far as you could take it and you actually decided I'm going to take it step back to step forward which I have to admit I, I don't think I had that that confidence at, at that young age so it's really refreshing to hear that so let's rewind a bit you talk about uh, the fact that you set up your own business after you finish your course how did that actually come about was it out of necessity to have a job that there wasn't jobs in your industry or was it something you always wanted to do talk us through what happened there partly to do with what you said you know about like um like we often have like a need like to know what comes next or you know what like what's the next plan like what's you know what's the next kind of yeah, I guess what's just the, what's the next step? Um, I I try to avoid that. I don't like a very concrete plan. You can miss opportunities that might arise, like to the left or right of that plan. My own personal um, that's my own personal feeling. It's something that like when I do have interviews for jobs and you're asked, oh, what's your five year plan? I'm like, I don't have a five year plan. I don't believe in them. And they're like, oh, um, but that like I'm like take it or leave it. Like I don't, I just don't believe like in five-year plans but for me because I realized it was going to be a hard space to get a job in within a clinic um under somebody and partly because the opportunity arose for a space within a gym that I could rent um and just give it a go it was the right conditions um and it just meant that I could just give it a go they were flexible about you know how we would kick off this kind of partnership or dynamic that we were going to build I would rather see how something works out and adjust accordingly rather than you know sign up for something for five years and then panic halfway through because I hate it do you know what I really like that self-confidence the fact that you were able to say I don't have a five-year plan take it or leave it this is my way of looking at life personally I find that really really refreshing um okay I just want to to touch on one thing we haven't touched upon yet, and maybe it's just because it hasn't come up in the interview so far, but when you talk about walking away from sports rehab, I don't get the impression, talking to you, that it's because you fell out of love with sports rehab. It sounds like you just fell out of love with having to run it as a business. So why then decide to walk away from sports rehab altogether 
when you could have closed the business but then tried to find a job somewhere else working for someone where you could just focus on doing the job and not having to worry about the the business aspect of it yeah that's a good question um is i think it was mostly an unintentional walking away from sports rehab. I closed up the clinic. I decided to, you know, work within the service industry. um, And I had decided when I closed up the clinic that I would take a year for myself um, to just recharge the batteries and decide then once the year is up, what my next step would be. And it was actually pretty much exactly one year later that I stumbled across this job within um, software sales. And so... I think like what drew me to it, first of all, was like I loved the idea of learning something new, like this kind of like chance came up for me for um, working within software. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, why not? Mainly because it meant financial stability. It meant working, you know, nine to five. Like when I was working in the clinic, I was working late into the evenings every weekday. And so I was like, you know what, why not give this a go? Like, why not give it a go? Like, nothing is forever. If I absolutely hate it, I can stop. Like, I can do whatever I want. Do you know, Sonny, one thing that's really come up for me listening to you is that it doesn't sound like you were 100% married to what you studied. Do you know, you obviously enjoyed it. it sounds like you were very good at it. But it, it doesn't sound like you were saying, right, this is my has to be my career path. You sound very open to anything that comes up your way, open to change. So when you jumped into the new career path, selling software, did you have a particular frame of mind to help yourself during that time? I think it was mainly just about just giving it a go, like just trying it and seeing how it is, you know, how I like it, like if I'm any good at it and, you know, if I enjoy it and just just to see how it goes, you know, like... I suppose what I just reminded myself was if I'm desperately unhappy in this new industry and I hate it and I'm terrible at it and I'm failing at everything and I can't grasp it, then that's okay. And equally, if I loved it and I'm energized by it and, you know, I love the the challenge of it, I love the learning, you know, every single day you're learning something, um, then that's great. Then I continue down that path as long as it makes me happy, you know. So I think that's the only way I can describe it. You know, it was kind of just like, let's just see how it goes. Just take it step by step. For me, when I realized I didn't want to follow my degree path, I felt uh, a tremendous sense of guilt for a while uh, before I was able to let that go. Did you have any kind of similar experience or was it a very clear cut in your mind? Yeah, so definitely, like it it definitely featured um I think for me I stopped and I thought about what I had learned in those four years and how first of all they helped me personally so naturally my course like is all about the human body it's all about injuries it's all about you know like getting getting a body back back to full health after a physical injury and I realized that it actually helped me you know, help myself a lot, just with how to look after myself long term physically and mentally, I guess. But the other thing, like the other side of that was I stopped and I had to think about what I had learned that wasn't specific to anatomy, physiology, figuring out or diagnosing an injury, but more about like the transferable skills. Like what skills have I honed now that I can apply somewhere else like it was it was a question that would come up 
for me again in interviews you know for software jobs where they're like uh like they, they merely be like you're like like how weird are you like you you know like i noticed from your cv that you know you worked in sports rehab and uh now you're in software like what like like how did you make that pivot and i was like well it's it's you know like it's actually just problem solving figuring out the problem and then figuring out how to fix the problem and the same with software sales you know you need to understand the problem someone's having in order to sell them the software that you are selling i just i i distinctly remember like recruiters and managers that i'd be speaking to like be like oh oh geez i never thought about that and i'm like that actually is you know and i think that realization came about through those interviews, but it actually was, you know, like you need to be a strong communicator, you know, in both fields, you need to be sound, like <laughs> you need people to want to work with you. Um, and also, um, yeah, I guess you just need to, you just need to want to work hard. Do you know what? I feel like I'm sort of repeating myself a bit here, so apologies if I am, but one of the things I really have enjoyed about this interview so far is the kind of self-confidence, the fact that, you know, you, you, were very kind of sure of yourself and, and prepared to to do whatever you needed to do because being honest with you in my work when I'm working with graduates I often have them say to me Keen, I'm worried about my CV because my experience is in one area and I'm moving to a different area or there's some kind of fear that they're going to be asked kind of almost like a, a question that they can't handle but what I really like about your story is that that kind of nightmare scenario with someone you know said to you right this this is a, a big a big shift career-wise you were still able to handle that question and give a solid answer which i think is brilliant my question then is people in higher education often talk about transferable skills and you've from your story have just kind of shown us that you can do that but how did you figure out what skills were useful to take forward into a new career yeah i guess like it was like it was there, like I did have support and help from people to figure these things out. But for me, it was, I suppose, the, the skills required within any kind of a selling role is you need to be able to ask questions and you need to be able to ask questions well. And you need to react based on the answers you are given to then ask your next question to basically get to the bottom of something. And it is the exact same in sports rehab. You need to ask many, many questions you know, in a very structured, targeted manner in order to get to the bottom of someone's problem. So in interviews, I just you just turn turn the question, you know, and create the answer that that, you know, you can the answer that you can create that will add value to the interview and will add value to a company. So, you know, it's OK to to refer back to to experience you have in another industry or skills you have from another industry and I think communication is probably one of the biggest ones for me between asking questions and actually listening you know like listening is such a such an important skill to have I think it's it's honed you know in everything we do even even just taking the three or four years of you know your I suppose when you're 18 to 20 or whenever it is that you do your qualification you learn to interact with lecturers you learn to interact with um your college classmates you know there's different situations arise so like it's okay to pull on that experience as well you know just the mere fact that you spent four years within university, college, whatever you want to call it, I think that already is something, you know, that gives you experience you can draw on before you ever talk about anything you learned in class. So, Sonia, I'm hoping that 
some of the people who listen to this podcast will be people who themselves are making kind of changes in their lives, who are taking steps forward, who are trying to, you know, figure their path out. And for some of them, they will be scared, nervous, angry, frustrated. You know, I know that sounds like a lot of negative emotions, but if you're if you're in that kind of period uh, of your life, unfortunately, sometimes it can be a bit like that. So with them particularly in mind, is there any advice you would give them to get through that kind of difficult moment when you haven't, when you've decided you're going to leave one area, the area you've studied, but you haven't quite figured out what your next step is? Yeah, so like, I think for me, it was about asking for help. Like, and then, and like not being afraid to ask for help, um, you know, either like if you have access to a mentor or if there's somebody you know working within an industry, like even very simply thing, you know, like take LinkedIn, for example, if you stumble across someone on LinkedIn that is within a role or within an industry or within a company that you're kind of like, mm, I'm interested in that, send them a message, even if they're a stranger. What I learned on this journey is, and maybe I was kind of surprised about it, is like just how open and how much people want to help. And especially when it comes to work that they are doing, that they enjoy or that they have knowledge in, like people want to support other people. People want to help people. Um, so I think that's one part of it is actually reaching out and asking, you know, when it comes to like advice or when it comes to people sharing with you, you know, something about their own experience like it's okay if you're like oh actually not sure about that but I think the other side of that is with regards to like asking for help or asking for feedback or asking for guidance I think a big part of that or the most important part of that is actually listening and taking in the advice and guidance and feedback a person is giving you what I mean by like listening to it is is almost like like and maybe this this is kind of more about you know when you are when you are in this new role or in this new space or in this new industry in the early days like you want to succeed you want to um achieve you want to do well you want to be seen as like you know like just succeeding at everything um i think it's then when you need to to listen if someone corrects you if someone gives you constructive criticism listen to it and set the ego aside for a minute and just think you know they are here to help me they are giving me advice from a place where they have a lot of experience just listen just listen you know don't like just fight that urge to be like no 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 but 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 just like shut up and listen um, and I think that was a big part of it for me and that was actually something I learned in college um, and probably have raised in interviews is that a skill I do bring is the ability to shut up and listen if someone gives me guidance or if someone wants to teach me something I I will take that on board and I will listen to it and I will not like fight them if I think that what I did was okay just because I don't want my feeling hurt or my ego bruised and that was something I learned in college because we regularly got feedback from lecturers or we were reprimanded if we spoke up when we didn't actually really know something you know speak up when you know something shut up and listen when you don't know something um, and that's actually probably one of the skills that I've probably mentioned in interviews that like I do listen <laughs> You can tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. <laughs> Do you know, I'm, I may actually just rename the podcast Shut Up and Listen because I think that is a, a beautiful uh, bit of advice. Interesting on the point of feedback because on the other side of it, not only should you listen to feedback when it comes, but I think sometimes you have to bear in mind the person who's giving it to you because, and I in no way, shape or form claim to be an expert on giving feedback, but the little I do know about it, it seems to be all about 
being objective and dealing on facts and not being subjective and not dealing in feelings, which a lot of people do. So it can be hard when you get feedback that's delivered poorly to distance yourself from whatever emotions come up out of that. Because sometimes people give poor feedback and it's meant well, but it ends up being difficult to listen to. Yeah, I think that's where like I would come back to like who is giving that feedback um, and how they are giving it. You know, you'll pin instantly if someone's just being nasty or is trying to, you know, give a dig versus someone that truly wants to, you know, Im- like to to pass on some knowledge to you. Or um, and I think like in my own experience, the people I have listened to most are the people that keep like, I don't even think like a neutral tone or like a professional tone but I think people that keep a particular level of emotion out of giving feedback um you know like and like the delivery of the feedback I don't know if that kind of makes sense like I think like it's fair to say like if, if you regularly endure someone being snarky or being you know just trying to give digs like that's not the kind of person whose feedback you're going to take on. But if on a regular basis, you know, be it your manager or be it a colleague, you know, a trusted person, a mentor, you name it. If the feedback they are giving you, you know, is good feedback and you're finding yourself, you know, bubbling up or boiling up or being like, no, no, you know, like, you know, that kind of feeling where you want to fight someone. Yeah, I think it's like I think there's always there's always a point of pausing, reflecting and identifying okay am I annoyed about you know about this feedback they're giving me because they're actually just being horrible or am I annoyed about this feedback because it's actually bringing up something for me and I know well that it's an area I'm weak in okay so to finish with we're going to finish with a positive and a negative we'll do the negative first and then we'll, we'll move on to the positive from the negative point of view is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known when you had done your degree and more positively, I know your your career path has been kind of winding and up and down at times. Is there any part of that that you are really glad happened or any positivities you can share with us before you finished about that particular journey? I think it goes back to like what you just said about like the self-confidence. That's not an undulating, like never ending state of mind I guess like there are yeah there is self-confidence yeah there is you know trust but like there's so many ups and downs like there are so many times like in general always where you're going to question yourself like was it the right thing to do what if I stayed on this other path that would be the one thing I think looking back I wish I had known like back when I was starting it is that like it's okay to not feel sure or like it's it's okay to to be worried or it's okay to have a terrible day or a terrible week doing what you're doing like the ups and downs are going to be in every part of your life always like in my experience I'm like I can only speak from my own experience but it's about identifying that you know I am happy what I'm doing and each time you know self-confidence dips you have to you know take a minute and realize all right why you know why am I feeling this way like I actually need to now work on building that back up again and taking that time and giving yourself that space to you know if you are if you are you know going through self-doubt or dropping self-confidence or you know you're just you're just not trusting or you're just not feeling right about it it just 
you know, take a few steps back. Don't worry about the fact that you're feeling that way. You know, if like if it carries on for long enough, stop and think about if you are in the right space. But oftentimes it's just a not it's just a natural part of life, I guess. I don't know. Is that fair to say that? So that that would be the one thing that I think looking back, it would have been nice to feel safer in the fact that self-confidence goes up and down that's something that I'm I'm more relaxed about that like if I don't feel good or if I don't you know feel positive about something like that's okay just you know work on it and kind of try to move forward with it I think like if you kind of if you if you take a step away from you know focusing on which industry you're in I think with each with each job or with each I don't know, maybe day is too extreme, but probably with each, with each job or with each uh, role or with each industry, like you learn something new, be it about the industry or about yourself or about your abilities or about your skills. It might even just be highlighting what you don't like or what you do like. And I think like the key with that is just take it on board. Don't be afraid of like failing or of like being wrong about something. What I what I do is if I learn something new, I write it down, be it a skill or be it, you know, a piece of, I don't know, piece of advice or some guidance or some some nuance to, you know, the industry I'm working in and then apply it next time. But I think going back to to like, am I glad? I'm sure I would have figured things out, you know, staying in sports rehab. But I think the fact that I took this path, it's given me the time and space to do a lot of things that, you know, I may not have had the time and space to do if I stayed in sports rehab. Who's to know? I certainly don't know. But I know that where I am right now, I think as long as I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing, I'm just going to continue on it. You know, it's not to say in in 30 years time, I'm suddenly going to want to have a sports rehab clinic again. And I think that's fine. I think like, as you said, not knowing what your next step is, that's okay. But I think while you're enjoying what you're doing, while you're energized and while you're excited to do it, 75% of the time, no job is perfect. Um, I think why not just keep doing it, you know? That was Sonia Strub, a graduate of the Carlo Institute of Technology in the Republic of Ireland. What I really like about her story, as I said at the start, is it's about the flexibility. You can start off one career plan with something in mind, something very concrete to know what you're going to do, and then life can change. Maybe the subject wasn't the right fit for you. Maybe life changed. Maybe you changed. And that is totally and utterly fine. Just remember, whatever plan you come up with, keep Mr. Barr in mind. Keep your plan F smart. In the meantime, I'm Kino Sullivan. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.